Are you a Martha or a Mary? Are you a person who is always busy, cracking on with the million things that need to be done every day? Or are you a Mary, sitting quietly contemplating and listening? It's so easy to stereotype these women, as though you can only ever be busy or still, as though you can only ever be focused or distracted, as though you can only ever be worried or content. Hi, welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse. I'm Stuart and I get to be the minister here. Thanks for choosing to join us today. And don't forget to say hello in the comments, subscribe so you don't miss anything, and like and share so that others can find us too. Today, Catherine and Lewis Epps join us in leading our worship. So let's listen as Lewis reads our scripture for us today. Today's reading is taken from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus has come to visit the home of Martha. Martha is the head of the household, and that's unusual. Martha has a sister, Mary, and we will find out later that she also has a brother, a brother called Lazarus. But this is Martha's house. She's in charge. She's the one who's responsible for all that happens here. It's Martha who welcomes Jesus and his friends into her home. And in doing so, she becomes responsible for their well-being while they're there. All that Martha does is what most of us would do. She went into host mode. When we get visitors, especially important visitors, we want to make sure that we present ourselves in the best light. And we want to make sure that they are well looked after. How much effort we go to is proportionate to how important we think our guest is. And who could be more important than Jesus? Two years ago, we were all stuck at home. Lockdown had stretched on for much longer than anyone ever imagined it would. People were furloughed from work. We were still only allowed out for an hour a day and for essential shopping. Those who were most vulnerable were told to shield, to stay at home. It was an incredibly difficult time for so many people. But it was sunny and warm, and most things are better when the sun is shining. What we didn't know was that this was going to go on for ages, but we had already started imagining what would happen when it was all over, and when we were allowed back out into the world. We imagined things would be different. We realised how busy we had all been. We noticed that we filled our cupboards with stuff and our days with activity. And when we were given the chance to stop, after the initial shock, we realised that actually being still, having time to spare and nowhere to go and nothing to do, wasn't all that bad. In fact, it was good. Very good. I mean, not all of it. Not being able to see your family and friends was rubbish. Having to work from home didn't suit everyone. Having to homeschool was less than ideal. But in the midst of all of the problems, there was talk of a new normal. Remember, things would be different. Things would be better. We couldn't just go back to how things had been. So, how's that going? 
Isn't it amazing how quickly we're sucked back into activity? We have to make up for all that lost time. We have things to do and places to go. And just as suddenly as we all stopped, we've all started again. We've gone from zero to a hundred. From nothing to all the things, all at once. The much talked about new normal has all but vanished. Why? Because so much of our busyness is just like Martha's. It's tied up in meeting people and looking after their well-being, and that's not a bad thing. Just before this comes the parable of the Good Samaritan. And at the end of that story, Jesus tells the lawyer who asked who is my neighbour that he should go and show mercy to people in need. Those people were his and our neighbours. And that's a lot of people. That's a lot of mercy. And Jesus says we should do that, so we need to take it seriously. All of a sudden, we get an understanding that doing good works is the way to heaven. Doing good things is how you earn your way to eternal life. Busyness, that's what we should be all about. So perhaps this odd little story that seems to have no real place in the big journey that Jesus is on to Jerusalem is actually more than about a big sister being annoyed at her younger sibling for not lending a hand with the dishes. For years, interpretation has sought to divide Martha and Mary, determining that only one of them can be commended by Jesus, that only one way is important to the kingdom. Yet truth be told, we know all too well that we need those who welcome others, doing all those things necessary to provide hospitality, as well as those who will take the time to sit and listen. And in both women, we see the norms of the day confounded, yet again turned on their head by women refusing to conform. Martha, who welcomes Jesus boldly as the head of the household, and Mary, sitting at the teacher's feet as a disciple might, both in their own way contributing to the, the fellowship that they shared. And we can imagine Jesus taking the fruits of Martha's labour, bread still warm from the oven, its aroma filling the room, sweet, heady wine, kept for just an occasion like this, and all wrapped in the adoring gaze of Mary, transforming those gifts and the knowledge that the portent of death was not missed in this home. For here were two women who simply got it, and together they made room for the one, the one in whom everything made sense. Two women who demonstrated that love doesn't consist of either or, but both and and. Martha and Mary, who both recognised that the kingdom was near. But, and there is a but, Martha is excluding herself. Mary sits at Jesus' feet listening to his teaching, and Martha complains, and Jesus' response is to tell Martha to stop worrying, to stop being distracted. On this occasion, Mary has made a better choice. There's a whole lot going on in this, so let's take a moment to sift through it all. Let's start with tone. Martha, Martha. Jesus is gentle. This isn't the rebuke that James and John got for suggesting obliterating a Samaritan village. This is calm and caring and compassionate. Stop worrying. Stop being distracted. That's so easy to say and so hard to do. Just stop worrying. Oh, okay then. Yeah. 
Like that's how it works. I don't think this is about the big stuff though. Martha isn't really worried about the state of the economy or the provision of social care. Martha's worried about making sure people have snacks and that their cups are filled. She's worried about whether she's picked the right thing to cook. Oh, Jesus like the lamb. Perhaps he'd prefer something vegetarian. How much bread will we need? I'm sure there's not enough for everyone. And that's what happens to us all sometimes. I say it to couples who come to see me about their weddings all the time, just relax. All you can do is invite people. It's not your job to make sure that they have a good time. Your job is to get married to each other. Sure, enjoy your friends and family, but this is your wedding. Remember to pay attention to that. Pay attention to each other. Jesus is there with them. He's talking and teaching. In the story, things have taken a more urgent feeling as the journey brings them closer and closer to Jerusalem. Jesus isn't going to be with them forever. And even though he's told them that, it hasn't sunk in yet. If it had, Martha would be sitting next to Mary, taking in every word. But that's not true either, is it? We know when something's ending, we often busy ourselves elsewhere, as though being absent or doing other things will somehow make the moment of loss easier or put it off. Perhaps Mary, perhaps Martha knows exactly what's happening. And her reaction to that is to try to make everything okay, to make things as normal as possible, to make sure that Jesus' remaining time is a good time, that he's well looked after, that he doesn't have to worry about anything else. She'll take care of everything. And just because Martha doesn't get all emotional doesn't mean she's oblivious to what's happening. Remember later when Lazarus dies, it's Martha who goes to Jesus first. She's calm and measured, but she lays out everything that's happened. My brother has died. And if you'd been here, that wouldn't have happened. But even now, days after that, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Martha knows Jesus. She understands exactly who he is. It's just at, at the point that we meet her in this story today, in her busyness, she's forgotten that she's part of the story too. Whatever's about to take place with Jesus will also happen to her. Jesus' fate will have far-reaching consequences. And Martha is his friend. This is her journey too, and that matters. Facing it, feeling it, being part of it, making sense of it, that all matters. But who wants to choose to enter into grief, especially when the loss hasn't happened yet? So we distract ourselves with things that seem important, but actually remove us from what matters more in this moment. Being present, being there, attentive in the moment is hard. There are a great many distractions, and they're not all bad. And they're not all insignificant. But taking the time to be there, to sit with Jesus matters. Taking time to learn, to listen, to really pay attention to what Jesus is saying to each one of us is the heart of what it means to be a Christian. How else can we learn to be more like Jesus?
Let us pray. God, there are many ways to serve you and many needs in our world. Show us your unique calling on our life. Remind us that we do not need to be like others. You have created us as individuals, all with different gifts, but together contribute to the beauty of your creation. May we celebrate diversity, 
recognising how that contributes to the richness of your world and our experience in it. Celebrating difference, may we work in harmony with one another. God, show us how we might best serve you in loving all that you have created. May we never be discouraged by all the need that we see, but rather be encouraged all the more to give what we have, knowing that we can make a difference. And may we always work alongside and encourage others, as together we begin to be the change that we want to see in the world. For love's sake we pray in the words you have taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Working and resting, God is with us. Speaking and listening, God is with us. Hoping and dreaming, God is with us. So go with the blessing of God, creator, source and spirit, with us this day and always. Food Bank collects every Sunday from 1pm until 2.30pm at the front doors of the church. All of your donations are gratefully accepted.